Hello and welcome to the Wednesday, September 16th edition of the TV on Basketball podcast with your host TV. I am pulling out an emergency podcast because last last night's NBA action was just absolutely insane. Usually I would be doing a recap at this time, but it's just too crazy, too much to talk about to be put into a recap. So I'm doing it in a podcast. So welcome guys, Wednesday podcast. Just like we did in the past. If you guys remember, um, a few months ago, I used to do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now I'm doing Monday and Friday. But th- today was just too crazy, so I'm here with a Wednesday podcast. And there's only going to be two things on the dock. Two games from yesterday, but there's just too much to talk about, so we're going to get right into that very shortly. But obviously, before we start the podcast, let me do my plugging. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. If you're watching this on YouTube, please drop a um, please, um, drop a like, subscribe, all the good sh- stuff, share with your friends. And if you're listening to this on the good old podcast networks, if you're on Podbean, follow, like, download. That would be very much appreciated. If you're on Apple Podcasts, remember to sh- um, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and all that good stuff. And remember, we are also on Spotify. And Anchor as well. So lots of pod, uh, platforms to listen to um, for my podcast. And thank you guys for the continuous support. Um, we've been getting like regular podcast listeners over the last few months. And um, like I said last episode, we eclipsed over 1,400 um, downloads. So thank you guys for all the support. And I'll continue to produce content over the next few days. But like I said, today we're just going to be talking about the Clippers game yesterday, which um, I'm going to get to that second. And then we're going to talk about the Heat-Celtics um, game as well. I'm going to save my prediction for the Western Conference um, Finals for my recap tomorrow, so check that out. Remember to be subscribed to my YouTube or follow my Instagram to um, not miss out on that. But yeah, that is everything I need to cover. Let's get it into this um, podcast. And obviously, first, we're going to be talking about the Boston Celtics versus the Miami Heat. And they just came with an amazing game. The Heat take game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, 117 to 114 over the Boston Celtics in overtime. Very, very intense game. The Miami Heat had really good contributions from Goran Dragic throughout the game 29 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Jay Crowder still on fire from three, um, hitting five out of nine of them today, but finishing with 22 points and five rebounds. Jimmy Butler was the third leading scorer, but was um, arguably the most important player. 22, sorry, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Bam chipped in with 18 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists as well. And Tyler Hero with 12 points off the bench. Good all-around effort from the Miami Heat. On the Celtics, Jason Tatum had 30 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. Marcus Smart looked, at, looked like Ray Allen at times, especially like... Um, in that third quarter and first quarter, 26 points, three rebounds today. Kemba Walker with 19, hitting a lot of clutch shots late, and Jalen Brown with 17. This game was insane. Um, Boston got out to a very early lead, and it looked like it, um, like shades of the Raptor series, where um, Boston would get out to an early lead and kind of like just um, take the game by the throat, and it looked like one of those games. But unlike the Raptors, this Heat just feel like a more um, well-versed, more um, composed team. And slowly but surely, they were able to get back into this game. Um, they were able to tie the game at halftime. And honestly, like come to third quarter, the Boston started going again. And it was, like I said, Marcus Smart hitting three after three. It was Jason Tatum just like 
honestly, like, he was, like, hitting shots, like, in front of, like, these Heat players' faces, and you just had to make the stink face, like, mm, mm, that was nasty. He was having that type of game. And even though Kemba Walker, like I said, and Jalen Brown um, weren't the best today, they still were hitting their shots, like, late in this game. And it looked like the Boston, like, had full control of this, especially, like, when they went out to a 12-point lead after the third quarter. Fourth quarter comes around. The Miami Heat just do what they've been doing. They just got shot after shot, and they just chipped away at the lead little by little. Near the end of the game, um, when Boston really couldn't get like much going, I mean, Kemba Walker was hitting some mid-range jumpers to kind of extend the lead, but the Heat, man, them and their three-point shooting was one of the big reasons why they were able to win today, especially late. Boston went 15 for 42, which is equated to 36%. And the Heat were just more efficient, going 16 for 36. And that was the one of the biggest reasons why they were able to win this game. Like, if you just look at like the different players like hitting threes. Jay Crowder, fantastic. I mean, I was like skeptical whether he could like continue his hot streak from the Milwaukee Bucks series. I've been proven wrong. I mean, this guy has been absolutely phenomenal in his playoffs, and he continues to do so. Drogic, um, I thought he was going to have some pro- troubles with Marcus Smart and all that. He had a very good game. And Jimmy Butler, man, when it comes to late in the game, there's not many players in the league that you would take over Jimmy Butler to take that last shot. And he did it, like, not um, once in, not just once in the regulation. He did it also in the end of the game. And even people like Tyler Hero, like, um, Duncan Robinson got into foul trouble very early in this game, so he didn't really get as much playing time. But Tyler Hero, if you told me this guy was a rookie, like, if I was a casual fan and you told me he was a rookie, I wouldn't believe you. He has such a mature game, and he goes into this with so much confidence. And when he hit that three to cut the lead down to two in regulation, you like you could just tell like he had a hand in his face, and he just saw that with so much confidence. And he was able to like kind of honestly that was a game saving shot for them, like one of like for the Heat. He was able to hit that shot, and that set up like after a good defensive possession from the Heat to the wide open Jimmy Butler three in the corner, and that was massive. Sure, the Miami Heat could have won. I mean, Derrick Jones did run into Kemba Walker to give them that um, one free throw. And at the end of the game, you know, the Boston had their chances. I mean, they got up to an early lead, like I said. They got to that third quarter lead, but they just couldn't close it out. And that was one of the um, things I was looking at in the preview. I honestly thought that Boston had the shot makers when it came late. But Jason Tatum, as much as I said that he had a good game, you know, he, he made he had those moments where you where I had to make the stank phase. He just didn't come through late. And some of the decisions were honestly very, very questionable. For example, that last possession, he I think it was like 20 seconds left or something. He just dribbled it out, dribbled it out, dribbled it out. And he took a contested three. He wanted to be that the hero with the three ball. And it just, you know, he just couldn't get it to go. When he could have easily, you know, you know, drive, drive right and hit a little pull-up or something like that. That would have been oh, probably a better shot selection than what he had there. And it wasn't just um, the fourth um, fourth quarter because, yes, he missed a shot. They go into overtime. Even in the like in overtime, he did make some questionable decisions as well. And everyone is talking about the end of the game, and that end of the game was honestly crazy. But we got to talk about Jimmy Butler again because not only did he hit the shot to kind of give him the lead in regulation, this guy hit the game winner in the in, in overtime, down by two. Jimmy Butler has the ball, drives right. He gets fouled. I believe it was by, um, I think it was either Brown or Tatum. He gets fouled, hits the N1, and he puts the heat up by two. 
um, with like 16 seconds remaining, which is absolutely insane. And Jimmy Butler, like I said, I mean he he's out there for his defense. He lets his other guys get his, get their shots. I mean, although he had the second most shots on the team, it's very well distributed. And Jimmy Butler doesn't like demand the ball. He kind of like um, not expects, but he knows that his teammates got him. I mean, honestly, and he's able to. And when it and then when they really do need a basket, basket, they go to Jimmy Wade. And that's what they've been doing time and time again. And it's been working. And Jimmy Butler has been delivering. And when he hit that N1, I mean, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. He hit that N1, and that gave him the lead. So Boston, another chance. Down by two. Jason Tatum probably learned from his <laughs> um, regulation mistake. And he's like, okay, I'm not going to shoot a three. We don't need a three. We just need to tie this game. Um, they run a set play. They get the ball to Jason Tatum. Jimmy Butler rotates over late. You could tell. Jason Tatum drives right. He actually gets a step. He tries to yam it on Bam Adebayo. And Bam says no to the yam. One of the cleanest blocks I've seen in recent memory. Um, honestly, like, um, probably block of the year. I posted a comment on Instagram and someone was like referring me to LeBron block. That was 2016. Obviously, that one is better. But I'm talking about this year. That has to be the block of the year. Situation. Um, he blocked a freaking dunk. Like, if if Bam is there a second early or a second late, there's either going to be a foul or a poster. And he got there in time. A clean block. No questions asked. And that's the end of the game. What a highlight. And he got his own rebound, too. He got his own rebound. He got fouled. And he, went, he split the free throws. And the funny thing is, you know, the Celtics had no timeouts. After that, they throw the ball to Jason Tatum at the end of the game. He catches it, falls, and he somehow gets a shot up and hits the rim. I mean, it was a crazy. That could have been a really crazy moment, and that would would have probably redeemed him, but he didn't. And the Heat were able to get Game One. Crazy game, honestly. This is. I hope this is good omens for the rest of the series because if we're gonna get this type of competition, this type of tenacity on both ends, this is gonna be a really fun series. And like I said, no, like no dramas here. That was just as clean as a block as it gets, and the Heat were able to pull out the victory. Now, does this change anything about my prediction? No. I think this is like, um, I still think Boston may win in six. Obviously, I'm a bit iffy now because of the way Miami is playing. But all I'm honestly hoping for is to have a good series. And if, like I said, if it's, if, if yesterday was any indicator, we're in for a treat. So, good win for Miami. Let's see if Boston's going to be able to bounce back because, you know, they played good in Spurs, but when I um, thought that they were going to be able to dominate the most, which is late in games, they weren't able to. I mean, Kemba hit some shots. Tatum made some questionable shots. Um, um, tried being a hero a lot of time, and that really can't happen. So let's see if the Celtics are going to be able to bounce back. But congrats on the win for Miami. That was absolutely massive. Now we're going to go into the second topic. And, <laughs> oh, I got to roll up my sleeve for this one because last night was honestly insane. I had to come onto the podcast for this. The Denver Nuggets become the first team in NBA history to complete two 3-1 series comebacks in the same postseason as they defeat the LA Clippers 104-89. You heard me right. The Denver Nuggets shut down the Clippers and they win this game 104-89. I'm just going to let that sink in. It took me me a while last night to sink in. All the memes coming from Instagram, Twitter... 
everywhere honestly it was absolutely crazy it just it was too much to digest and after like just looking at all this i'm like i can't do a recap tomorrow <laughs> this has to be a pod literally this game literally changed the whole outlook of what my plan was for today and it was honestly absolutely crazy there's just no words to describe what happened yesterday because the first half comes you know this is like it wasn't unlike a denver nugget first half because they were actually competing by the end of the um by the end of the first half it was like 55 sorry it was um 56 to 54 it was a very very close game and you just felt like you know they, maybe this is not what the nuggets want you know maybe they want to be the comeback kids i mean the clippers did get up to a big lead i mean it was up to um i believe 16 at one point um, no, it was up to 12 in the second quarter. So it looked like it was going to be kind of a repeat of Game 5 and Game 6. But the Nuggets fought back in the second quarter and were able to bring it down to 2. And, you know, it looked like a good game for the Clippers. You know, um, Kawhi Leonard wasn't doing the best, but everyone was kind of chipping in little by little. And then you were just like, you know, in the second half, Kawhi's going to turn up. And this game is going to kind of go out of reach for the Nuggets. And if you, th- and that's what I thought. Honestly, that's what I thought. But the complete opposite happened, and that second half from the LA Clippers was horrendous. Up there with the Houston Rockets missing twenty-seven straight threes, this was ugly. Ugly. I mean, ugly is. I think it's too nice. Ugly was too nice. That was a horrendous second half from the Clippers, and they've been doing this series after, uh, sorry, game after game, especially these last three games, where they let the Nuggets get back into the series. This was the worst out of all of them. They got outscored, fifty to thirty-three. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, throughout this game, they combined for ten for thirty-eight. Kawhi had 14, Paul George had 10, 24 points on 38 shots. You cannot blame this on Paul George. You cannot blame this. You have to. You have to blame the entire team. Sorry. You can't. You can't just blame it on Paul George. You can't just blame it on the supporting cast. Kawhi didn't show up. Paul George didn't show up. Um, Montrezl Harrell came in with the energy, but that just wasn't enough. No one could hit shots late in that game, and the Nuggets just kept firing away and firing away. They got up to that like very like good third quarter lead where they ended the, um, like I said, ended the third quarter with an eight point lead, and going into eight point lead in the fourth quarter, you'd feel like you know, this is um the um Clippers chance to come back. I didn't even mention Jamal Murray had like twenty something points in the second quarter to single handedly keep him in this game. Like Jamal Murray was absolutely fantastic, but I didn't even talk about the best player, who was freaking Nikola Jokic, because in that third quarter, they just kept going to Jokic, and he was picking the Clippers apart. Pass over here, pass over there, right on the money. No look pass over here, three point shot over there. He was just an absolute magician on that court. Like he was making the perfect pass every single time, and he honestly, I mean, he finished this game with 16 points, 22 rebounds, 13 assists. Went 5 for 13, and even though Jamal Murray had that 40-point game on 26 shots, he was phenomenal. I could say that Jokic was better. He honestly just tore the Clippers a new one. And they, and him and Murray, the duo that they are, they were just able to get the win on, um, honestly, just like, I mean, some of the other guys did like get involved, I mean. You had people like um, Jeremy Grant with 14 points, which was great. Gary Harris with 14. 
But it was their two stars. The two stars doing their thing, and that was able to get them to victory. But like I said, I mean, even still, they had an eight-point lead going into the fourth quarter. You know, the Clippers, you would maybe think, you know, it's eight-point lead, you have Kawhi Leonard, the chance is still there to take it. And it never came. I don't know if about you, but just like everyone on Twitter, we were all waiting for that Clippers comeback. And it never came. Like I said, 50 to th- um, 33 in today's game. And I'm going to tell you like, kind of like what happened the last few games in the second half. Because it's ridiculous. They were outscored in Game 5 by, fifth, by 18 in the second half. Um, game 6 by 29. And in this game, um, 17. That is an average of plus 21.3 to Nuggets. That is absolutely unacceptable. Embarrassing. This Clipper team were favorites to go to the finals. And they couldn't show up. This is whether you believe that's a Clipper curse. Forget the curse. They just play like crap. There's no excuses. Just like I talked about the Rockets. I mean, there's whether you can look at this glass half full, glass half empty. At least they were expected to lose. The Clippers had a 3-1 lead, and they blew it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. All I was hoping for in Game 7 is that if the Nuggets win, um, if the Clippers win, there was going to be no, you know, oh, the refs were trying to give it to them, yada, yada, yada. Or if the Nuggets were winning, they're like, oh, they want to give um, LeBron an easy path to the finals. None of that. The Nuggets came there, were focused, more poised, more motivated, and they just took the game. They just took it. That's all it was. And the Clippers, like I said, you just kept waiting and waiting for it to happen. And it just never came. The, the Even the type of shots they were like taking, like, Paul George had so many wide open shots. So many. And everyone's going to obviously talk about, you know, the one in the corner. He was wide open. Wide open three. The stroke looks super good. And he hits the side of the backboard. Like, this is honestly just raw emotions out of me. I still can't believe it. Even to this morning, I had to sleep on this. I still couldn't believe what happened. The shots that they were missing. I swear at times that like, Jermichael Green was their best player on the court. Even Kawhi Leonard, he tried getting to his spot. You know, that lethal mid-range he has. He wasn't even, like, hitting the back of the thing. He was hitting the front of the rim every single time. It was ugly. And I haven't even watched any of, like, the first take stuff today. Like, it's going to be ugly for the Clippers. And they lose the series. In embarrassing fashion. And, I mean, this is probably going to be like one of the most disappointing teams. I mean, this is... We thought the Lob City Clippers were, like, didn't get to the conference finals was embarrassing. This is the best team that the Clippers ever had. Same result. And all the Raptor fans, you know, they're like, oh, this is, this is like, um, their thing. You know, because Kawhi Leonard could have stayed with them and stuff like that. But this is just embarrassing. There's no way around this. And the memes started pouring in. And, I mean, like I said, this is a whole team collapse. You can't just put, blame it on one person. And the thing about this is, is, is like, I feel kind of feel bad for Kawhi. Um, and a lot of people on Twitter are saying, you know, you can't compare him to LeBron. You can't um, say that he's the best player in the league now. You can't even, like, um, you, he needs to have the same type of, you know, um, the same type of criticism that you would put on Kevin Durant, like a LeBron James, like a Russell Westbrook. He needs to get that type of, um, you know, that type of criticism. And honestly, fair. I mean, he helped Red led the Raptors to the 
playoffs last year. But this year, he just could not get it done. His last three games, I mean, he had that 36-point game where um, he tried um, there. But he laid two um, two eggs in this series. Uh, um, he laid, you know, two bad, very bad games in the series. 13 points in Game 2, and also this um, 14 points in Game 7. He deserves to be um, criticized, and it was just a really bad outing for Kawhi Leonard. And I love the guy. He's still like my second favorite player in the league. I don't want. I don't wish anything bad on him. But seeing how the Raptors, you know, put up a fight here, and the way that the Clippers just absolutely collapsed, you can't help but honestly just like kind of smile. And it's like, and it's not like because I, I hate Kawhi. I don't. I, I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for Montrezl Harrell because he lost his grandmother before the playoff series. You could tell that he was getting emotional, like throughout, like when he came back to the bubble. And he, even though he couldn't get it going, you could tell that he was working his butt off. But seeing Patrick Beverly, seeing Paul George, Marcus Morris, Lou Williams talk the way that they were talking, saying that they were like the best team in the league, that they're gonna, you know, figure things out eventually, even after they didn't accomplish anything. The fact that they were able to lose in this fashion brings a smile to a lot of NBA fans. And I'm, I'm not even going to front. I'm not even going to cap. I was honestly, just look at Patrick Beverly just losing the way he did. Seeing that whole Damian Lord and CJ McCollum um, exchange on Twitter, everything, the memes and everything, it, it was just phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. And, I mean, what's next for the Clippers? I mean, you have... Honestly, like if you told me that you were going into a roster with this team, I I would say that they're title contenders, and they just couldn't do it. Whatever it was, whether it was Paul George, you know, PG thirty percent came alive once again in Game Seven, or you know Kawhi Leonard not doing well. Like, what moves are they gonna make? I I don't know where they're gonna go from here. I I think the best thing to do is kind of like just try and work out the kinks, um, in the off season. And then kind of like try and come back for next year with the same roster, but I don't know. This is this is just something that's kind of just gonna it's gonna be a kind of like a cloud just like glooming over them this whole off season. And again, the Clippers played horrible, but you gotta give all the credit in the world to the Denver Nuggets. And I'm gonna talk about the uh, like I said in my recap tomorrow. I'm gonna be doing my prediction, but these guys came in here like they said they played so good with their backs against the wall. And they were able to do it once again. Jamal Murray, after the game, said in an interview that he wanted respect from the media. I mean, they had the Nuggets like down and out after Game 4. And they came back and did what no NBA team could do in NBA history. And it's win two, two series when they're down 3-1. They were able to do it. All love to the Denver Nuggets here. But the thing is still um, stands. The Clippers, they go into this um, offseason. They're very disappointed. And they honestly disappointed us fans. We were all hoping for the Battle of LA matchup. We thought these guys were going to the finals. And they had three shots at it. You can't tell me that they didn't have their chances. They did. They gave the series away. Plain and simple. And I saw a stat too that said that Doc Rivers, like this is a third time that he has given up a 3-1 lead. One in 2003 when he was the coach of the Orlando Magic. Um... Was it Orlando Magic or Boston Celtics? I'm not 100% sure. Um, LA Clippers, um, a few years ago when they gave up a 3-1 lead to the Houston Rockets in round two, and now this series. I, I could try to make excuses for them. I just can't. 
that was just flat, flat out disappointment. And I'm not saying that the Denver Nuggets are not going to put up a fight against the Lakers because they need to beware because the Nuggets are battle tested. They defeated what many were to what many um, people believed were the best team in the league. Now they're going up against LeBron. I mean, it does seem like the Lakers do have the clear advantage here, but do no, you should never ever count these Nuggets team out. And now, like, I mean, it's it, this is just like this season has been whole crazy, honestly. The way that the Bucks went down, the way the Clippers went down, and just like all this crazy series, like this has just been absolutely crazy. And what a way to end like um, a run for the Clippers. Like the Clipper curse feels like it's still alive. It's going to be hard to bounce back from this, obviously. And now that all these reports are coming out, you know, Paul George saying, you know, this is not a championship or bust season. Kawhi Leonard saying, like, you know, these guys are just not, like, are just not focused enough, not smart enough to, um, we're just not, like, focused enough, like, throughout the season. And then now reports are coming out that Kawhi's thought, like, the reason, one of the reasons why he left Toronto is that they, that he thought they weren't good enough to repeat. All these reports are going to come out, and more is going to keep coming out because, once one bad thing happens to especially a team with this high expectations, they're going to keep piling on and piling on and piling on. And I'm all for it. And whatever comes out these next few days, I'm going to get to it in my podcast on Friday. I'll see if I can do it, but, you know, it, it, it depends on what the news comes out the next two days. But, yeah, that's, that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, two very, very, you know, entertaining games. Like, I couldn't sleep last night just thinking about what happened. And honestly, just one of the craziest men in basketball that I've really ever experienced. So yeah, the Clippers are out of the playoffs. Congrats to Denver Nuggets for moving on to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in, I believe, like in since like the Carmelo days. So congrats to them. And I think this is where we're going to today's podcast. Obviously, before we um, go, I have to obviously, you know, um, say that although this has been great basketball and stuff like that. There's still bigger problems in this world. Um, I know that one of the um, cops in the Breonna Taylor case finally got fired, but that's still not enough. We need to make sure the um, that police reform happens, you know, stop with the systemic racism and all that. We need to help combat this um, this um, issue that we face in society. Great bat- NBA battle going on, but we still need to continue to fight this fight. Remember to keep on voting as um, the election does approach. And yeah, um, remember that even though we have great basketball, there are still big problems out there that we need to tackle. But I think this is a good place where we're going to end today's podcast. Thank you guys for um, listening, slash watching. Remember, if you're on um, YouTube, remember to like, share, and subscribe. If you're on any of the pod, um, podcast networks, remember to show your support there. And if and remember to follow my social medias at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But yeah, I hope you all have a great day. Thank you for taking out of your time, taking time out of your day to watch this. And I will be back tomorrow with my predictions for the Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers series. But yeah, um, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Take it easy, guys. Peace.